All right, well, let's go ahead and pray, and then we'll, we'll dig in. Father, we thank you that we can come here today, Lord, and worship you. Father, it should not only just be a Sunday that we worship you, but we should worship you with every breath that we have because we know that it comes from you. Lord, we thank you for Christ and his death, for our sin, that he has drank the full cup of your wrath for our sin. Father, that he has risen from the grave, that we are counted righteous in your eyes now. We are not guilty. We are set free from sin. Lord, what a what a reason to praise and rejoice and glory in you. Father, thank you for all that are here today, Lord. Pray for those who aren't, Lord. Pray for those who are watching, that you would just invade their hearts with your spirit today, Lord, and bring much joy into their lives. Father, I pray for us that are here that your word would fall on soft hearts, hearts that truly have a love for you. Lord, I pray your spirit would accompany the preaching of your word and that you would encourage us today, Father. And we just ask this all in Jesus' name, praying that he would be glorified in it. Amen. So there's many reasons why we come to church today. Everybody has their own different reasons. Maybe we come to church because we know we have to preach or we know we have to teach Sunday school. Maybe we come because we want to learn about God. Maybe we come because we figure it's Sunday and that's the right thing to do. But we all have motives of why we are here. Maybe we're here because we just love to be with each other and we love to worship together and we love to praise God. And, I, and that's what I pray is, is our hearts when we come every Sunday is this, is this expectation that we get to fellowship with one another and we get to praise God for who he is together, corporately together. But we all have these motives. But the psalmist has a psalm that is just pure praise to God. So if you would, open your Bibles with me to Psalm 150. Psalm 150. This is the very last psalm and is the fitting end to the book of Psalms. It is the only, it is only the Lord that deserves all praise. And when we read the book of Psalms, we come to this very end. And there's no author to this psalm, but it is a psalm that is absolutely brilliant and it is incredible. And as we read it, we see here that there's 13 times in this psalm that the word praise is used. So let's read it. Look with me at it. Psalm 150. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with trumpet sound. Praise him with lute and harp. Praise him with tambourine and dance. Praise him with strings and pipe. Praise him with sounding cymbals. Praise him with loud, clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We are to praise the Lord. Now, this word praise, this word praise means to boast in the Lord, 
to offer praise to the Lord, to glory in the Lord. It is a praise only for him because he is the only one that deserves it. But we see five areas in this psalm of praise. And I want to encourage us today that when we come and we praise God, or when we're in our own personal time in prayer or in devotion of praising God and being grateful to God and thanking God, that we think of these uh, five praises that we look at. So let's look at this right now. And this is a heart. We have to understand that when we have this type of praise, it's a heart that is gripped by the gospel. It's a heart that a heart that is gripped by what Christ has done for us. This brings genuine praise to God when the gospel truly grips us. And it's just not knowledge up here, but it's a heart that is gripped by what Christ has done. So the first thing is, when we're gripped by the gospel, we realize who we are praising. We realize who we are praising. Look at Psalm 151. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his, high, in his mighty heavens. So you and I are to praise the Lord. Now, this is the name, Lord, in all capital letters. When we see this in all capital letters in the, in the, in the Bible, it means Yahweh. It's his name. It was a revered name by the Jews. And it's where we get his name out of Exodus 3. This is where God reveals himself to Moses at the burning bush. And he says that I am who I am. This is Yahweh. This is Yahweh. This is who we are praising, is Yahweh. We are not to be praising anybody else. We don't come to church, and we don't in our lives have other people that we praise. We are not to be praising celebrities. We are not to be praising pastors. We are not to be praising theologians. Because anything that we have and that we see and that we do, those are all gifts from God. The pastor preaches because he's gifted by God. The theologian writes because he's gifted by God. The athlete performs because he's gifted by God. And anything that we do in our work, it's because we are gifted by God to do these things. And so he is to receive all praise. We are to praise the Lord. Psalms 149 says this, Praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song. Praise in the assembly of the godly. If you love the Lord, you're going to get excited about gathering with his people to praise his name. If you come to church glancing constantly at your watch, thinking, when is this going to be done? When is this going to be over? You will never praise God as you should. Our hearts should be completely and fully his and full of praise. Oh man, only got 20 minutes to go. We can get that way, right? Because we've got so many other things that we've got to get done in the day. We've got to hurry up. We've got to hurry up. And when that is concentrating in our mind, we lose focus of the one who deserves all praise. Secondly, where he is to be praised. 
this psalm tells us where he is to be praised. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. So now the psalmist goes from the Lord to God, right? Now this word God, this is the word Elohim. This means the mighty one, the powerful one. So he says, praise the Lord, praise the mighty one, the powerful one, where? In his sanctuary. This is where we are, right? We're in his sanctuary. It's, it's God's chosen place of worship. We're to praise him in his sanctuary. We're, he is to be praised in the mighty heavens, the vaults of heavens. The stars sing his praises. The galaxies, they sing his praises. They show his power. So ultimately, God is to be praised not only on earth, but in heaven. God is so massive that his praise reaches to the ends of the galaxies. And this is where he is to be praised. In his sanctuary and in his mighty heavens the powerful one, the mighty one. Third, why he is to be praised. The psalmist tells us why he is to be praised. Look at, look at verse 2. Praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. So we see two areas that we are to praise him. And this is a constant praise. It's a constant praise to him. First of all, for his mighty deeds. His mighty deeds. We read about all of his mighty deeds within the scriptures. We see his mighty deeds in the scripture. We are to praise him for his creation. We're to praise him for Israel's deliverance out of Egypt. That was a constant reminder when we read our Old Testament. He's always reminding them, remember what I did when you were slaves in Egypt. Remember, remember, remember. Praise him for his mighty deeds, for the splitting of the Red Sea. And the manna in the wilderness, the water from the rock. How about you and I? What do we praise him for? How about our salvation? Our salvation, first and foremost, for the work that Jesus did on the cross, that we are no longer condemned. We are no longer headed for hell. He has picked us out of that miry pit of hell, and he's put us into his kingdom. This is a mighty deed. He has taken dead sinners, dead people, completely, fully, spiritually dead, and he has made us alive. These are his mighty deeds. His mighty deeds that we see. We are to praise him for these mighty deeds. Again, in Psalms 145, 3 and 4, it says, Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised. And his greatness is unsearchable. To make known to the children of man your mighty deeds and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Do we do this? Do we share with people in our own lives the very thing that God is doing? His mighty works in your life. His hand moving in your life. These mighty deeds. Oh, brothers and sisters, we can get complacent, can't we? We can get so complacent and not come with a heart of praise. We should have a heart of praise 
because we know our Lord is great and he is greatly to be praised. Psalm 145, 11 and 12. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and tell of your power to make known to the children of man again your mighty deeds and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Moses in Deuteronomy 3.24, he writes this, O Lord God, you have only begun to show your servants your greatness, your mighty hand, for what God is there in heaven or on earth who can do such works and mighty acts as yours. There's not a single person on this planet that can do what God is great and greatly to be praised not only is he to be praised for his mighty deeds but for his excellent greatness this is who he is this is his character we are to praise him for who he is his character that he is the only sovereign he is the sovereign one he is complete control of all things Isaiah 66, 7 says this, who rules by his might forever. His rule, whose eyes keep watch on the nations, let not the rebellious exalt themselves, but who rules by his might forever. He is not re-elected. He rules forever because he is the only sovereign. We are to praise him for his excellent greatness of his sovereignty. We are to praise him because he is the one who is all-powerful. He is the one who is all-knowing. He is the one who is all-seeing, everywhere present. The psalmist in Psalms 139 puts this so beautifully. He says, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my paths and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all together. Before you spoke anything today, the Lord already knew what you were going to say. (coughs) Excuse me. Whether it was good or whether it was bad, whether it was edifying or it was tearing somebody down. He knew before it was on your lips. Because he is all-knowing. He knows all things. Again, in 7 and 8 of that same Psalm, 139, he says, where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I free from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. Brothers and sisters, there is nowhere we can go that God's presence is not there. We cannot be Jonas. It's impossible to be a Jonah. It's impossible to run away from God's presence. Is it possible to run away from being obedient to God? Absolutely. But it's not possible to run away from his presence because his presence is everywhere. He is with us all the time, right? What a beautiful statement in Hebrews chapter 12, right? He says that he will never leave us and he will never forsake us. He is always with us. He is that one friend that is so close to us. He never leaves us. This is worthy of our praise. We are to praise him because of his greatness of who he is. We are to praise him because his train of his robe fills the temple. Right? Isaiah, in this beautiful 
beautiful picture in Isaiah 6 when he says in the year that King Uzziah died I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up and the train of his robe filled the temple that means he is the king of king he is the conqueror he is the mighty one because the train of his robe filled the temple there was no one greater than Yahweh there was no one greater than Elohim he sits on on the throne, exalted in his greatness. And he is greatly to be praised. Not only does his robe fill the temple, but he is the one who sits in heaven and he does what he pleases. This refers back to his sovereignty. Nebuchadnezzar saw this. He says in Daniel 4 that God's will cannot be thwarted. Right, this absolute thing, he does what he pleases. Psalms 115.3, our God is in the heavens. He does all that he pleases. He does not sit in heaven and listen for our beck and call. He is not the genie in the bottle that when we need him, we rub him and he comes up and he says, how many wishes do you want? No, he is the only sovereign who sits in heaven and does what he pleases. And we cannot question that because it is always good, whatever he does. Because he is good. He is good. Our praise to God should be a mighty praise, brothers and sisters, because he does mighty deeds. And our praise to God should be an excellent praise because he is excellent. Fourthly, we see how he is to be praised. How he is to be praised. Look at verses 3, 4, and 5 of Psalm 150. Praise him with the trumpet sound. Praise him with the lute and harp. Praise him with the tambourine and dance. Praise him with the strings and pipe. Praise him with sounding cymbals. Praise him with loud clashing cymbals. We are to praise him with our music. We're to praise him with our instruments. Our pianos. Our guitars. Our drums. Are a praise to him because he is the one who has gifted you to do these things to play these musical instruments. You do not want to come to my house and hear me play a musical instrument because it is not music and it is not a joyful noise to the Lord. So, but we have musicians that are in here that play instruments and we're to use those gifts and those ability to do what? To praise the Lord. We sing these songs and we hear these beats and we, we, we hear these, uh, the pianos and all things, and it stirs our hearts, right? It stirs our hearts to praise God, to sing these praises to God. God is the one who's created these instruments, and they are to be used to praise Him. Psalms 98.6, With trumpets and the sound of the horns, make a joyful noise before the King, the Lord. Psalms 33.2, Give thanks to the Lord with the lyre. Make melody him with the harp of ten strings. Psalm 149.3 Let them praise his name with dancing. 
making melody to him with tambourine and lyre. David danced before the Lord. It's a joyful thing. I'm not saying that we should have like a big dance party, but I'm saying that our hearts can dance, right? Our hearts can rejoice. Our hearts have these melodies in them. And that should bring out praise to God. The more we love God, the more our praise to Him is. This is true of us. Isaiah 38, 20. The Lord will save me, and we will play my music on stringed instruments all the days of our lives at the house of the Lord. There's going to be music in heaven. There's going to be music in heaven. Derek Kinder in his commentary on Psalm 150, he writes this, but these are not distinctions to be pressed beyond the fact that every kind of instrument, solemn or gay, percussive or, or melodic, gentle or strident, is rallied here to praise God. Every instrument that we have is to praise God. Is to praise God, even our voices or to praise God. And even in the Bible, there were events that took place that the trumpets sounded, right? Uh, when the trumpets sound, the walls of Jericho, right? When the trumpets sound, uh, the, the trumpets of the time of Jubilee. <coughs> in Leviticus, it talks about that. The time of the atonement, we heard the trumpets were to be blown. The rebuilding of the wall when it was all done. There was worship, there was praise, there was music. When the walls were built. The return of Christ in 1 Thessalonians 4. At the sound of the trump, he will descend. This is music. And we are to use it to praise God. We are to praise God essentially with everything we we're to praise him with everything we have. The music of our hearts should be a praise to him. Fifthly, who is to be doing the praising? Who is to be doing this praising? Look at Psalm 150, verse 6. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. From the lion in the jungle to the lamb laying on the field. From the spider that crawls on the ground to the spider descending from his web. From the insects on the ground, everything is to praise God. Everything that has breath. The animals in the sea are to praise God. Right? We are to praise God. His creation is a praise to him. Right? The trees of the field shall clap their hands. Jesus says that God is able to raise up stones to praise him. Every created thing is to praise God. Psalm 145.10 puts it this way. All your works shall give thanks to you. All your works shall give thanks to you. That encompasses it all. And all your saints shall bless you. Revelation 5.13 says this, And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea 
and all that is in them, saying, to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. Did we pick that up? And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the seas. That describes it all. All who have breath are to praise the Lord. So, what's it mean for you and I? We read this, and we can simply put it, right? What are we to do? We're to praise the Lord. That's what we are to do. Constantly, always, we are to continually praise the Lord for all things. All things in our lives, whether they're good or they're bad. We're to praise Him because they're always good for us. Everything happens to us is for our good and for His glory. It is always to bring a praise to Him. Always to bring a praise to Him. Psalm 103, 22 says this, Bless the Lord all His works in all His places of His dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Our souls are to be in a continual state of blessing God, of praising God because of who He is, because of His excellent greatness. We are to praise Him. Psalm 145, 21, My mouth will speak the praises of the Lord, and let all flesh bless His holy name forever and ever. How long should we be praising God? Forever and ever. When we get home and we get to heaven, guess what we'll be doing? We will be praising God. I was talking to a guy last week or a couple weeks ago, and he says, I don't care if I'm cleaning toilets. I'm just glad I'm there. I don't know if we're going to have jobs. I don't know what's going to happen. But I do know one thing, and Revelation says it, because we see it, that we will all be around the throne praising the one who sits on the throne. We'll be praising God in heaven. Why not get the practice now? Why not praise him now so that when we get there, we can be in this continual state of praise to who he is. We're to continually praise him until we have no more breath. Psalm 146, 1 and 2 says this, Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, O my soul. I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God while I have my being. Have you ever woke up one morning and you got a song on your head and it's a praise to God? Sometimes I'll wake up tomorrow morning and these songs will still be in my head. But then Tuesday, they're not in my head. I'm trying to figure out how do I keep them in my head. It's a continual praise to God all the time. It's a continual praise all the time. I remember I was chatting with a... a um, well, I was chatting with Lori. I'll just put Lori out there. And she was uh, encouraging me how to continually be grateful, right? We get down because we're not grateful. And it was real encouraging to me because when we are grateful, it puts our heart in a stage of praise because we're grateful for everything that he has done. And this is what it means for us. When we are to praise the Lord and we're to praise God in the sanctuary for his excellent greatness it is to be grateful in every situation that we are in, in every circumstances that come our way, in all the people that are put into our lives. We are to be grateful. 
So that is what we are to do, to continually praise the Lord. Therefore, praise is a matter of obedience to our great God. It stems from deliberately focusing on Him. It is the result of being willfully God-centered in your thinking. If you're breathing, praising God is not an option. It's our responsibility. And everybody here, I think, is breathing. So it's not an option for us to praise God. It is our responsibility as His beloved, redeemed, blood-bought people to praise Him. So I'd like to close today with a quote from Matthew Henry. And this is what he says. Praise God with a strong faith. Praise Him with a holy love and delight. Praise Him with an entire confidence in Christ. Praise Him with a believing triumph over the powers of darkness. Praise Him with an earnest desire towards Him and a full satisfaction in Him. Praise Him by a universal respect to all His commands. Praise Him by rejoicing in His love and solacing yourself in His great goodness. Praise Him. Let's pray. Father, thank You again for Your Word. Thank You that we can come and spend this hour, Lord, just this simple hour together as Your people, as Your children, 